hear me? Hello? Yellow. Yellow. Hello? Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. And I'm just going to read from Matthew 3, verses 11 through 12. Amen. And it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you today, Lord. We thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy, God, your love, God. We thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the blood of Jesus today, Lord. Hallelujah. Father God, we want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come before you repenting of every sin, knowingly and unknowingly, in the name of Jesus, Father, that we confess everything to you today because you said in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us of all sins. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, my God. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him. Hallelujah. 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 We love you, God. We adore you, God. Father, we just ask that you would, oh God, touch hearts today, God. Father, let your word, oh God, from heaven touch hearts today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the word would fall on good ground, oh God, that we would not leave the same way we came, that transformation would truly take place in the name of the Lord Jesus. God, we surrender our will to your will, God. Hallelujah. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on on earth as it is in heaven let your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven hallelujah father god in the name of jesus holy and gracious father we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Move by your spirit today, God. Move by your spirit, Lord, in every place, every area, not just here, God, online, even out of the church, God, in the communities, God. Let there be a revival, oh God. Start with us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we ask that you would cover, oh God. Pastor Mingo and Pastor Michelle today, cover their family with the blood of Jesus. Cover Apostle Nazario and Pastor Gwen. Cover the leadership. Cover every person today with the name in the name of Jesus Christ. We cancel every assignment right now of the enemy of right now in the name of Jesus that will try to operate against the will of God today in the name of Jesus. And we declare God that your will shall be done in the name of Jesus. Oh Father God, we thank you for what happened, oh God, in the upper room. People of God, if you want to receive from the Lord, uh, be holy, be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire don't quench the spirit 
every one of us. Let him complete the work in us in the name of Jesus. But you got to confess. You got to release everything to him. Everything that's not of God has to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We pray against every principality, every power, every rule of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost and by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, shift this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. Let this atmosphere be conducive to the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we say thank you, my God. We come to worship you, King. We come to work. We come against every agenda of man today. In the name of Jesus. That let there be a mighty power, a mighty move online, here, and wherever, God, you decide to move with your spirit. And we say thank you today. In the name that's above every name, Jesus the Christ. And what did the church say? Amen. Praise the Lord, church. Wow. We'll try that one more time. Praise the Lord, church. That's a little more like it. Make sure you're awake in this place. How many of us know that the Lord is more interested in hearing the beautiful song of our hearts than he is in good music? about lights and sound systems. He doesn't care about fancy pyrotechnics. Having a thousand instruments playing, a thousand voices now. He's most concerned with the posture of your heart. Amen. We serve a good God and we've come here to give him glory. Amen. I wonder if you would join me in singing this song. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me, and all my days I've been held in your hands. The moment that I wake up, lay my hand, I will sing of the goodness. Isn't he good? I said, isn't he good? Sing that with me. I love you, Lord.
and was and forever will be, the great I am, the mighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. We worship you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You glad to be in the house of the Lord?
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he's worthy. Jesus is worthy of our praise. The master is worthy of our praise. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We honor you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He is jealous for me. You know this one. Love's like a hurricane. You sing it.
sing it. Come on, sing it. Blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, O oh God. Come on. Let's worship the Lord together. Let's worship. Let's lift up our praises to the King of glory in this place. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We worship you, Lord. Glory to God. You may be seated. Glory to God. Unfortunately, we had a boiler issue. And you know, boilers always break down Saturday night. Did you know that? There's a special, or on holidays, that's true. They also break down on holidays. Well, you know, I thank God that uh, we, in a previous season, what we did is we uh, got also electrical heaters. So we, we do have heating, it's just electrically, it takes a time to warm up a place of this size. But, you know, Holy Ghost time, right? So give me right now, 100 jumping jacks. Well, thank God for all of you. You bring 300 BTUs, each and every one of you. You didn't know that, right? Each human body gives off 300 BTUs per hour. And that and another 500 bits of trivia, which makes, no, never mind. Um, Praise God. But I'm thrilled to be in the house of God. Amen. I'm thrilled. Amen. Have you seen what's been happening out through, throughout the nation? Yes. And some people are talking about an Asbury revival. Revival. Yeah. That's right. But what, what they're not saying is that there's a whole bunch of other schools where it's happening right now at the same, yes. At the same time. All over the world. God is sovereignly breathing yes. upon the young adults. Yes. Because yes. his spirit is going to move. Yes. It doesn't make a difference how much society tries to shut down Hallelujah. the grace of God, the goodness of God, the love of God. It's going gonna, it's gonna to flow. It's going to overflow. And so I'm grateful to God. Grateful. I know that there are some, maybe one or two stations that are sharing about it. Just a little bit. Just, you know. Oh, by the way, this is happening over there. Yeah, not, not much. But uh, in reality, the news hates to share things like this. But it still gets around. Still gets through. Praise God. So I'm, I'm grateful to God for what he's doing among the young people. I'm grateful to God because no matter how much the enemy tries to shut down the voice of the church, which, by the way, we're reflecting God, it can't do it. Can't do it. If it shuts it one, one way, it's going to open up seven other ways. And then to, you know, the bottom line is we are in a war. It is a kind of war. It's a different kind of war, but we are in a war, and all of us are feeling it in one way, shape, or another. So I praise God uh, that by his spirit, the people are still hearing about Jesus. You know, um, right now the colleges, unfortunately, they're only teaching anti-Christ philosophies for the most part. Really, truly, well, the things they're teaching, some of the things they're teaching, they're, it's so insidious, and it's confusing a lot of young Americans, it's confusing a lot of young people, uh, and, and for my generation, it's hard for us to say anything, because if we say anything, immediately we're a bigot. We have to say it anyway. Truth of the matter is, uh, we will, and we will continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is, by the way, good news. So, say that with me, it's good news. Praise God. And, and it is, it's the best news. 
and we see it, you know, if, if you have studied the scriptures to any degree, you'll realize that Jesus spoke about times like this. And, and um, people like uh, Deacons Baez and me, we've been uh, in the church since, I don't know, since we were toddlers, right? And uh, we've heard the church talk about this. There's coming a day where you're going to see this. There's coming a day when this is going to happen. And for years we've been hearing this. Adam, you remember when you was a child? That, that's what we used to hear, right? It's coming a day. Watch out. Be careful. Uh, one of yes, my, uh, yes. one of my uh, mentors he used to preach. He says, um, you know, you've got uh, a transition. You see the way things are happening. And now women are in bikinis. He you know, said that back in the 70s. He said, but there's coming a day, come in a day where there's going to be a no bikinis. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, they, they used to preach and, and some of the terms they used to use, but I just remember these things. And then my wife, we went to Santo Domingo uh, to perform a wedding ceremony. It was a wonderful time, had a great time. And we went to the beach because it was a resort. It was a beautiful resort. And so I'm sitting there, I'm just enjoying, maybe taking a day or two before the wedding, and I'm just there enjoying the beach. I'm seeing people pass by, and suddenly I see the ladies pass by. And nothing on. I'm going, when? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? <laughs> I, I was so taken aback by that. I did not expect that. But they have that European, I guess, rules and regulations. So. But the point is, we're seeing the very things that our dads and spiritual dads and moms were talking about 30 years ago. So it shouldn't, shouldn't surprise us. But many of us are. Many of us are angry. Many of us are offended. How dare they, you know. The sinner's going to be the sinner. They, their mind is unrenewed. They haven't come to saving faith in Christ. They don't understand. You know, the, uh, Father, forgive them, for they don't understand what they're doing. So we have to come in love and love them into the kingdom of God and be patient with them when they get angry at us and scream at us. I understand. You haven't seen it don't see it yet, you know, so praise God. Anyway, um, I'm very grateful for the revival that's taking place. I thank God for all of you that were able to make it today, and those of you that are online today, I know we get, you know, people are getting hit, hit hard this season, and we're praying for uh, the church, we're praying for all of you, um, all of us, you know, because all of us are being attacked in different ways, but um, praise God that through prayer, standing in faith, especially group faith, one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight, right? So we, we, in that group dynamic, we are able to do a lot more. So praise God for that. And then the next thing is just standing in your faith. When you stand in your faith, you know, like somebody says, "Come hell or high water," I'm going to stand. I'm, I'm continuing. This is not an option for me. You know, I love God and I'm I'm serving Him. You know, with all my heart, mind, soul, and body. Praise God. I wanted to talk to you a couple of minutes about, just briefly about tithing. Everybody's face changed. So. But as a pastor, I'm, I'm responsible to share that because what we do uh, as Christians uh, have great importance. And, and tithing and giving has been attacked because um, obviously giving to the church is a horrible, terrible thing. But giving to, you know, politicians is a great thing. 
bottom line is, anywhere you go, you're going to give some. Want to see a movie? They'll let you in with a smile, as long as you pay your $500 ticket. Well, maybe it's not 500 yet. Sometimes it seems that way. After you have the popcorn and your frankfurter, some of you are laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. How could this cost $95? That's for one person. No, but the truth of the matter is that uh, giving and um, the exchange of finance is very important you know, in our world. That's, that's how things move. That's, that's how things get done. In the tithing for hundreds of years, and even uh, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, there was always giving. This was not something new. But some are saying that tithing is not specifically taught in the New Testament, so it's no longer in force. And I beg to differ, but I'll share you, with you why, and so you could understand. You know, from the Old Testament, it has always been a principle. You know, uh, even from the, the, the point of uh, Adam and Eve, their sons tithed. Their sons gave the best, or at least one of them did, yeah. right? Cain didn't, Abel did. And the Bible says God received Abel's offering. Amen. And it was a first fruit offering. So when you see scripture, the principle has always been we give the best to God. Why? Because he is the owner. Why? Because he's God. Because we're recognizing that. And in gratitude for him providing for us, we, we give. And we give not to him because you can't send it to heaven. It stays in the earth realm, but it does have to do with spiritual matters. Abraham practiced tithing hundreds of years before tithing became a law in Israel. And Jacob himself, he made a vow to tithe to God. Where did they get this? Because the principle was always there. That's why. It's not something new. It was always there. They understood that. In the Jewish mind, they understand tithing. It's not you know, an option for them. It's a lifestyle. They recognize giving to God. And, and that happens through the local temple, the local church. In the New Testament, they didn't have to teach tithing because the early church was Jewish. And their testament was the Old Testament. And it practiced it. They, they, it taught on that. So it was almost normal for them to do that. So when you, you think about tithing, um, even though tithing is more implied in the New Testament, it's because it, they were already doing it. It was not an issue. It was not something, oh, by the way, you have to tithe. Uh, excuse me, we all do that. So Jesus taught his followers to tithe. In Matthew 23, 23, he said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. And by the way, he was talking to the leaders. So the leaders were tithing. He says, you pay your tithe of even mint, anise, and cumin. The smallest things they would make sure they tithe on. For them, it was, it was a given. But you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Then he said this, the former or these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. So Jesus said, you ought to do this, but don't leave aside this issue of justice, mercy, and faith, because that's a higher order. The tithe is just the basic, we know that, that's something we practice. But the, the bigger ones, you're ignoring that. So he was talking to the leaders, and the leaders, it's like Christianity 101 or a Jewish teaching 101. Tithing was just like the, the first thing. That's, that's a given. But they ignored the more important things. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? 
And Jesus was the one that brought it up to them. In Romans 2.22, interesting, it condemns the robbing of temples. You shall not rob temples. He says, you who say, do not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who abhor, abhor idols, do you rob temples? What does that have to do with time? What in Malachi chapter 3, Jesus said, you're robbing from me. You're robbing from the temple. Isn't that interesting? You, you see everything in there, and you see how God would watch and see the people, and they're giving habits. And when he saw that their priorities was, were off kilter, he spoke out against them. He taught them. He rebuked them. See, So we look at that. We look at scripture, and when we see uh, that the scripture teaches it even as a principle from Old Testament to New Testament, then this argument goes to the wayside. Oh, since it's not taught specifically, they're all to the wayside. 1 Corinthians 16.2. It, it implies that giving was based on a percentage of one's income. So what I give is not what you give. You, you, you give differently. The tithe is always the same, but the percentages or the amounts that are seen is different. To some person, the tithe might be $30. To other person, the tithe might be $3,000 depending on how they're doing financially. And I love that because I don't have to feel guilty. All I have to do is do my part. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Amen. So, and then the other thing is because there's no central tabernacle anymore in the Old Testament. It taught that they were to leave their tithe in the decentralized temples or the decentralized places. At Deuteronomy 14, 28, when it was too far to travel to give a tithe, it was to be left in decentralized locations across the nation with the elders at the gate. See, so that was always practiced. And then uh, Paul would say on the first day, First uh, Corinthians 16, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside something, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. So even during that time, Paul was given instructions in the giving. It, was it implied? I think it was more than implied. It was, it was assumed in their culture because they were taught that. This was their lifestyle. So for us as Christians in the New Testament, when we look back and we learn, because the, the, the Bible, Old and New Testament, that's our tutor, it's our mentor. When we look at these things and we see the blessing of God, and, and in Malachi chapter three, God said to his people, if you take care of the temple, you make sure that you take care of what is basically the priority He's the one that established the temple. He's the one that established this order. You take care of that. I will bless you. I will open up the windows of heaven. I will rebuke the devourer. See, so you see the correlation there of the faithfulness of God's people in these almost mundane things. You know, because it's not something, praise God, let's go tithe. No. This is my privilege. It's my honor. It's my responsibility. So I do my part. My house does their part and making sure that we are honoring God. He's first, he's Lord, we love him. Now the world doesn't think that way, but let's make sure that we're, we're comparing apples with apples. They do have a priority. What is their priority? It's myriad, myriad priorities. Some want to save the whales. So they'll go save the whales. How do they save the whales? They'll, they'll give. But especially here in the United States, we are very giving people. But we have different priorities. Other people, their priorities is Maseratis. 
So he spent a lot of money on that. But make no mistake about it, wherever their heart is, there their treasure will be also. And that's what Jesus said. Wherever your heart is, your treasure will be also. My treasure will automatically go to that which is a priority to me. That's why the tithe is so important. Because it, it's an outward indicator, an expression of something that is so vital to us. Because it is. Money helps us to buy milk, bread, pay our rent. And so it's important to us. So when we say to God, God, this, which is practically, besides health, which is the most important, finance and resource is also high on the list. And when we say, God, you are first with this, we are breaking the back off of greed. We are. Because the tithe will always be the same. If, if I were you know, to, let's say, for example, um, I don't know, create a book and make $10 million, one of the first things I'm thinking, my tithe. Yeah, this, this, this one, I don't say, oh, I'm going to buy 10 houses. No, my tithe. I'm serious. I, this is the way I think. Because this is a priority to me, because he's my priority. He's number one. See, so when we have that in our hearts, and we practice that, basically, we're setting some things in the spirit realm. We're setting some things moving, which allow uh, the supernatural to flow. Uh, it goes way beyond the natural. God said, I will open up the windows of heaven. I will do this. He'll do that correspondingly when we take care of the things here on earth. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So I wanted to share that with you. So you, you could, you know, just reflect on it. And, and you can uh, consider that. Because you're going to find there's a lot, of, a lot of debate out there on that. But the truth of the matter is, the more a person debates on giving to spiritual matters, the more that person is indicating that their priority lies elsewhere. I'm, I'm sorry, I have to self-motivate if I get no motivation from you. Uh, no, in truth, in truth, um, think about it. If I argue that, what am I actually doing? And why am I even actually arguing it? Why? Usually it's because they don't want that area touched. Because they haven't given it over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ yet. Say amen or ouch, one or two. <laughs> praise God. So that's, that's why. You know, that's, and, and we praise God because for us as a congregation, we've been able to see tangible benefits. As a community, we've worked together, we've labored together. And we see even today, even this building, this beautiful building, um, I, I look at it and I say, thank you, Father, for what you've blessed uh, this church family with. Um, I look at it and I'm, to, I'm still in awe. God told us we were going to have a building. Every step of the way. He's at the right time. And so what we did is we got ourselves ready. We gave $10, $100, $1,000, became $10,000, became $20,000, $50,000. And there came a time I just felt in my spirit. I said, it's time to start looking. And I remember getting up in that church over there. I remember getting up and saying, okay, start looking, everybody. This is a building for us. I don't know if you remember that. And, and I said, there's a building for us. There's a season. There's a season. And so we did. And literally within, I think, a week or two, Sister Jeanette, 
um, who fellowships in Manhattan something church. Yeah. My Grace, yes, yes. Dear friend of the ministry, uh, she says, Pastor, I think there's a building available. I said, talk to me. <laughs> and she did, as she mentioned to me, connected me with the real estate agent. The real estate agent told me, it's not public yet. I said, well, let me speak to the person that owns it. And so I spoke to the bishop that owned this place, and we met. I shook hands with him, and the building became ours before it ever went public. And you know that's not, Pastor Michelle, you know that's not easy. Usually we hear it once it goes public. But God had that building for us. And the beautiful thing about it, think about it. What if we would not have believed the word of the Lord? And what if we would not have started preparing for it? God said we have a building. Oh, well, if we have a building, that means we in the earth realm have to prepare for it. And that's what we did. We saved our money. We pulled it together as a community. And then the door opened. We were ready. Opportunity met preparation. That's what most people don't think. They, most people want to pray, but they don't want to prepare. They want to pray, but they don't want to pay the price. I'm not preaching. I'm not. I, I, I'm just sharing some principles. We already have a preacher today. We're going to hear the word of the Lord today. But no, this is very vital. So today we are enjoying this beautiful place, appreciating it. This belongs to God. And I thank God for it. So, hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. So let's all stand. Let's get ready to receive the tithe of the offering. Praise God. For all of you that are online, you could feel free to go to the website. That's what I do, frankly. I, you know, I rarely carry cash anymore. Yeah, so I, I just basically give on the online app. Praise God. Did everybody get a letter from Elder? From what you gave last year? Yes. 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 Yeah. yes. So whether it's here or whether it's online, you'll get your letter and that's where you could present it. Um, but you know, we thank you in advance for all that you do in the kingdom of God. We had great news last week. We had uh, uh, our own minister here become a, a your honor. <laughs> Bonafide judge. He said, well, now we have to, I don't know what to call her anymore. <laughs> I look at her, I said, your honor? Or, yeah, that's, but it's so cool. It was such a beautiful celebration. I know a lot of you were there, and, and so grateful to God. Again, everybody preparing themselves in their calling. That is what is vital. And so I, I just celebrate that. So Father, this moment, we're grateful to you. We give you the glory, the honor, and the Thank you for your word, Lord God, for your word is your will. And Father, this moment we just take uh, a portion of that which you've blessed us with and we sow it into your kingdom. Uh, Father, thank you for your word because it gives us instructions. It gives us clarity. And at the same time, Father, we as a people, as your people, say, Lord God, that you are one. You are number one. You are first in our lives. Without you, we could do nothing. We bow before thee, Heavenly Father, this moment, and we ascribe unto thee all the glory, honor, and praise. I love you, Lord, and I praise you, my God, for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're about to do. Father, I pray you bless your people as they get ready to give. Bless them, my Father. Um, bless the work of their hands. And Father, thank you for meeting all of our need according to your riches of glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. 
this moment we take the portion and we sow it and lay it at your feet, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. As you receive instructions from the ushers and you online, uh, you can conveniently give at calvaryny.org. Calvaryny.org. God bless you.
forward to a lot of energy 
regarding um, our children's ministry. Uh, there's three levels, so we're going to be talking to you a lot about that in the coming days. And for all of the families that have children of you know, the different ages, we want to be able to serve them. Uh, we want to be able to bless them. Uh, one of the things that blessed me when I got saved at age 15 was Sunday school. It was youth Sunday school. It wasn't, you know, the adults. And I learned at my level, and that made such a difference. Um, I'm 64 now, and I've been in church since I was 15. But the underpinnings were the youth children's ministry. Praise God. So we have um, a real treat today. Um, amen. 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 Say that one more time. There you go. Praise God. <laughs> only, the, only a military person understands that. Praise God. No, but the truth of the matter is I'm looking forward to um, what the Lord is saying to us, not just to this church, but to the region. And I praise God for the Mingos. They are wonderful leaders in the body of Christ, and, and I appreciate who they are to us. And they're part of this church family. But more than that, um, they are veterans in the kingdom. And so when they speak, um, it's important that we listen because there are some principles that are shared and will be shared today that um, will minister to our spirit man, will give us instruction. Uh, it'll encourage us, build us up, even rebuke us if need be. And that's what we need. We need, we need men and women of God that are going to speak truth. And they're going to speak to this, this society. You know, they're going to speak truth to society. Praise God. So um, I'm going to ask uh, for Pastor Mingo to introduce his wife. Pastor Michelle, and then she's going to... Amen! I didn't say that you're going to preach. I said you're going to introduce. Come on over, man of God. Hallelujah. Yes! I thought Apostle was going to introduce my wife, and I got to sit, but you know, God knows what he's doing. Amen. Amen. So I just thankful for my wife, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I think strategically God used that acronym because when my wife comes in, she drops a bomb in the enemy's camp. And so really what's important about the word of God is that your spiritual acumen comes alive. Now, unlike myself, my wife wants to hear that you hear. And so, I would ask that you open up your spiritual ears. They that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Amen. I thank God for my wife, pastor, prophet, intercessor, a woman of God with no nonsense. Pastor Michelle Mingo, God bless you. Come on, while you're standing on your feet, I want you to open up your mouth and begin to swift this atmosphere. Come on, I need some help this morning. Come on, open up, open, 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 open. I need you to open. I need a little help this morning. 
Father, I thank you this morning. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I said I need a little help this morning. I put a halt and a stop over everything that the enemy is trying to do this day. Hallelujah. I thank you this morning that you are giving entrance to the word. Hallelujah. Father, I decrease this day. And I ask God that you will rise up and increase in me. I thank you this morning for the opportunity. I give your name glory. I give your name honor. And I give your name praise. Oh, come on, glorify him this morning. Hallelujah. 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 I've been battling a cold. Amen. Hallelujah. But God is good. So I believe that as I be obedient and do what he says to do, that Jesus the healer will show up for me. Oh, come on, somebody. Bless the name of the Lord. You may have your seat. Hallelujah. I honor the Lord this morning for the apostles of this house. I thank God for every leader. Hallelujah. Every minister. Every person that puts their hands to the plow. Amen. I bless you this morning. I thank you for receiving me. And I thank you this morning that God is going to open up your ear gates and allow you to hear. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. continuing in this anchor series, I'd like to take a moment just to reflect where we began. And in week number one, we talked about being anchored in hope, and that was taken from Hebrews 6.19. Then we spoke about having a firm and secure hold on the anchor of hope. This morning, my assignment is to speak on the topic of when the storm comes. Mm. And because we want to tie this topic to Jesus the anchor, the reference scripture will be taken from Matthew 5 and 7. We pray again, Father, have your way in this place. Let your word, God, do what it does. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's just a reference. We're going we gonna to walk a little bit. Amen. The definition of a storm means to blow violent, to rage, to be in violent agitation or passion. Storms come when there is disturbance in the elements within the Earth's system. Storms bring destruction, yes. uncertainty, yes. hopelessness, uh -huh. change, mm -hmm. and transition. Amen. Amen. Let me begin by saying that no one is exempt from storms. Yes, come on. Yes. 
in this life, we will all experience unexplainable and unpredictable hardships. And when those hardships come, it will bring tremendous pain and suffering. But how many know that God desires and it is his will to bring us through safely over to the other side? Oh, come on, talk back to me. There are different storms that will come to challenge us in every area of our lives. There are storms that are self-imposed, meaning that through our obedience, or our disobedience rather, we can cause the affairs of our lives to become disconnected. A perfect example of being disobedient, I found in the story of Jonah. We know the story. Well, Jonah was given the assignment to go to Nineveh and tell the people about their wicked ways. But Jonah didn't want to go. Jonah didn't want to go. So you know what he did? He marched his happy self over to the other side and he got on a boat going in the opposite direction. But how many know that his disobedience almost caused other people to die. In the middle of him traveling over to another side, he thought that he was escaping God's instruction. But how many know there was a violent storm that rose up? Hallelujah. And it began to rock the boat. And the waves began to rise up. Come on, there was turbulence. Come on, there was a raging and a roaring storm. And the, and the sailors, Come on. they couldn't understand what was happening. Uh-huh, uh-huh. These are seasoned people yes. that, was, that lived their life on the sea. Yes. So they couldn't understand this. And so Come they on. looked around and they said, what is the nature of this, basically? Come on. Come on. And Jonah said, it's because of me. It's because of me. I was running from God. Ooh. And you know what they did? They picked his little happy self up and they threw it over the and I believe that God created a perfect storm for, for, for Jonah. Come on. Why? Because while he was in the sea, he sent a big fish, the Bible says, to swallow him up. And while he was in the stomach or the belly of this big fish, Jonah began to cry out and began to apologize to God for being disobedient. Amen? And so God got, he got, got his attention. And what God did was he allowed that big fish to vomit him up after three days on dry land. Come on, on. on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I call that the perfect storm. (laughs) Hallelujah. We also have storms that oftentimes come through family and fake friends. The ones that we genuinely think love us, the ones that we look to as our confidants, 
the ones that we share our secrets, hallelujah, but secretly, they're plotting against our lives. Secretly, they don't want to see us succeed, hallelujah. That's, that's hurtful, amen? That's hurtful. And this, this thing causes delays. But even through the things that seemingly cause delays, God has a way of intervening and redirecting us. Come on, somebody. Lastly, I want to speak about the storm that is orchestrated by God. This one often comes without warning. It's a spiritual storm. It's the one that he allows to get our attention. It helps to build our faith and bring us into a greater level of maturity. But I like where it says in 1 Peter 2.25, it says Jesus, he is the bishop of our souls. He is the overseer. He is our guardian. He is our protector and our preserver. He's the one that helps us navigate through the turbulent floodwaters that come to swallow us up. He helps to us to endure as we suffer through the storm. He knows how to speak peace to our minds when the enemy comes with those thoughts. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I'm going through a storm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout. We need an anchor. We need an anchor. Hallelujah. Can I submit to you this morning that there are similarities as well as differences in every storm that we will encounter. But what I believe, after looking through some of the storms, because there are various storms, amen? amen. I believe that the difference in the storms that are natural, they come to pass. But when God sends a storm, when God sends a storm, he sends it without warning, and he causes us to go through it, but there's no time limit upon it. Why? Because God is in control. When I was looking at some of the storms, because as I said, there are many, I began to think about the elements. And we know that the meteorologists, mm -hmm. they gather scientific observation. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So that it helps them to gather data yeah. so that they're able to track uh -huh. amen, yeah. and to identify the behavior of storms. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're able to predict, but they're able to tell us when to expect a storm. Uh -huh. it, they're able to tell us when it's coming, yes. how long it's going to be, yes. and when it's going to be over. Uh -huh. Amen? Uh -huh. Unlike the storm of God, the spiritual storm. We don't know when it's going to hit our lives, and we don't know when, how long we're going to be in it, and we definitely do not know when we're coming out. My God. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My husband keeps take, saying, take your time, take your but I'm time. trying to hurry. Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> We're talking about 
Jesus, the anchor. Amen. Amen. The one that we need to depend on in the time of trouble. Come on, the time of trouble. We call upon that rock, that one who anchors us, that one who holds us up, the one who holds us together, hallelujah, and carries us safely over. Come on. We, are, we know that familiar passage over in Matthew 5, 7, and it's, it's the sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. And this sermon is said to be Jesus' greatest sermon. It was there where he taught his disciples how to live life. Amen? Come on. He gave them the principles on how to live. Yes. Amen? Amen. And so what Jesus did was he used the parable of the two builders. Uh And he gave the analogy of the two builders, Uh which was a call to action. Amen? And he gave them instructions. Uh And he said in the word that all those who hear of these sayings, Uh he says, to consider them and to do them. Amen? Did he not say that? Hallelujah. And he used this analogy of the parable of the two builders. And he says that the one who built his house upon the rock, there was one who built his house upon the rock, he called him wise. But the foolish one who chose to build his house upon a sand, we know what happened to him, right? Hallelujah. So my question to you this morning, what are you standing on? Is your firm, is your foundation firm? Is your foundation sure? Or will the storms of life come and begin to blow you up, up, in and out, up and down, all around, and cause you to be shipwrecked? Is your life firmly anchored? Or will you continue to wander in life without any purpose or direction. Come on. Jesus is our rock. He is our anchor. And in the midst of every storm, no matter what it is, he promises, amen, to be faithful to bring us through. I know some of us believe that we can just go on in life and do it any kind of way. But I'm here to tell you we can't. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be open and honest. I can be a, a Jonah sometime. Amen. I can be that because I'm the type that I wanna do what I wanna do sometime. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. <laughs> and that's the honest truth. But I can be a Jonah because I can run away from what I'm supposed to do. But you know the consequences are great. We will pay a price for not doing what God says to do when he says to do it, and how he says to do it. I know many of us believe that we are never going to go through a storm because we're so great and we're so wonderful. <laughs> but storms will come. Storms will come. Storms will hit your life. Storms will take your breath. Storms will make you feel like you're dying. Storms will say, God, kill me now. (laughs) Oh, God, take me now. 
This storm is too much for me. Oh, my God. So it doesn't matter the storm because we're all going to go through it. It's not a matter of if the storm is coming, but when it's coming. So what will you do when storms hit your life? How will you prepare for the storm that hits your life? I'm here to tell you that there is a position that we must take. Crying and whining and, and disobeying is going to get us nothing but going in circles. Year after year after year after year. Come on, come on. So I admonish you today to incline your ears to the teaching of Christ. Let this be the day that you co commit yourself to answer the call. Let this be the day that you say to God that I'm going to do what you say to do in your word, and I'm going to do it how you say to do it, no matter, no matter the trouble. No matter the pain, no matter the hurt, because we will go through pain. I'm telling you, we will go through pain. But if you commit to doing what he says to do in his word, I promise you that he's going to safely get you over come on. to the other side. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. I think come on. I'm done. I think I'm done. Oh, I think I'm done. <laughs> oh, storm, storm, storm. Come on, come on. Come on, come on. This, this, this topic right here kind of had me in turmoil, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Why? I mean, because I'm still going through a storm. I have to be, I'm going through it, I'm walking through it, and sometimes I think I'm almost done here. It hits me again, brings me right back, and I have to deal with that same matter, that same issue. Hallelujah. Storms can cause you to faint. Amen. I tell you, there are times when I feel like, God, I can't breathe. There are times when I feel like, oh, my God, I, I just can't take another hit. But you know, every time I go through that, something inside of me rises up, and I begin to get violent like the storms, and I say, come on, devil. You're not going to take from me. You're going to give me back everything that belongs to me. Come on, storms. Storms come to make you strong. Come on, storms come to show you where your weaknesses are, but also show you where your strengths lie. Come on, storms. In the storm, he's going to show you your comrades. He's going to show you those that you can link arms with. Amen. Those who can pray for you for real. Amen. Not those who's going to take your private matters and talk. Come on. We need real people in our lives. We need to have a place where we can go and cry if we need to. And not feel like we have been exposed. Oh, come on. Storms. Storms will come. Somebody say there's a storm coming. Oh, there's a storm coming. Oh, but God has equipped us.
Come on, he's equipped us. Come on, storms come to rock our marriages. Storms come to mess with our relationships. Storms come to mess with our money. But God, the rock, Jesus, our, our, our one who makes it able and available for us to get through. What are you going to do when storms come out of nowhere and hit you? How are you going to respond? I can tell you your greatest weapon in the times of storm is prayer. Sometimes you have to just turn your back on everything and everybody. Come on and direct your matters to the Father. Oh, come on. Sometimes you have to lock yourself away. Come on to gather some strength. So you can come out swinging. Father, we thank you this morning for storms. Though they don't feel good, come on, they are necessary. We bless the Lord this morning. I think I'm done, y'all. I think I'm done. Hallelujah. I think I'm done. Hallelujah. I think I'm done. Storms. I think I'm done. What you want me to make up something? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Storms. Come on. Jesus promises us to be with us through the storms. Oh, come on. I'm going to stop right there. Why? Because I don't have any more to give. Hallelujah. <laughs> 24 minutes come on get up and pray pray through your storms in that 24 minutes I know many of us have been experiencing storms in our lives some storms have come with great pain and with great suffering and some of us don't know how we're going to make it through but this is the opportunity to go to the Father to receive strength. I'm going to ask those who have been struggling in the area of storms, and they just want a little help this morning. They need a little bit of encouragement. This is your opportunity to come. Hallelujah. Come on. If you feel the need for God to strengthen you, in the area of your storms. I'm going to ask for the ministers to come. Why? Because I'm not feeling too great. Come on, ministers. I pray, God, that this word was received. I pray that it is resident in the hearts of your people. I thank you, Father, for bringing to the attention of the needs of your people this morning. I'm asking God. Hallelujah, that you will provide a way of help, a way to escape, a way to get through. I pray today, God, for strength to go through every storm and every battle in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, God, I ask that you have your way, that you go deep down into, into the very hearts and the souls and the minds of your people. Oh, God, anything that is, they have been struggling with, I'm asking God that they be 
begin to get real with you so that you can go to the very heart of the matter. Uh, let them not come here and not really get the help that they need. So Jesus, I ask that you take full control even now in the name of Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Storms. Storms blow. Come on. Winds blow. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for help. We look to you, Jesus. We look to you, the rock. We look to you, our anchor. Father, anchor us. Bring us back to that place, God, where we are connected with you. Oh, Father, we cry out this morning for help, for help, for help to go through the storms. Oh, God, don't allow the winds to take us out. Don't allow the waters to cause us to drown. Father, we ask this morning that you bring us over, that you bring us through. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Be strength this morning. Be strength. Strength, strength, strength. Let strength, oh God, go down on the inside. Strength in the name of Jesus. Come on, ministers, minister. Have your way this morning. Have your way, have your way, have your way. Storms come to rock us. <laughs> oh, but my prayer this morning, but we will not be overtaken by the storm. We will not be overtaken by the storm. We will not be overtaken by the storm. Storms. Bless you this morning. We glorify you. We honor you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for life. Everything that she's been troubled with. I put a halt to it. Even now. Even now. I command the enemy to loose your thoughts. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let your mind that is in Christ be also in you. I shut your ears to the voices of the enemy. I shut your ear gates to the voices of the enemy.
Praise the Lord. That was uh, profound. It was profound. I believe the Lord met each and every one of us here today at the altar. And um, yeah, all of us will experience storms. That is a given. It's a fact of life. But if we're anchored, you know, if we're building on the rock, you know, we'll be able to go through the storms. They'll buffet us, whatever, but they will not be able to remove us. Praise God. Amen. How many of you appreciate that word that was shared today? Amen. Praise God. Pastor Michelle, thank you. Thank you for your willingness, your faithfulness, your obedience, and for sharing your heart and for, and for praying the way the Lord will lead you to pray. We, we expect no less. That's it. That's what we expected. We're so grateful. We're pulled, pulled on you today. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. There's hunger in the, in the body of Christ. Amen. And you see it throughout the nation. It really is. In the midst of all the battles, and a lot of people are, are frozen in their faith. They're paralyzed in their faith. But that spark of Holy Ghost could bring them into, this, into the new season, into that restart. And I believe that God did that with those here today. Praise God. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Let's all stand. In spite of uh, the issue of our boiler not working, you know, the fire of the Holy Ghost is here. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So I'm grateful to God. And this fire, you have to take it with you. You have to take with you at home, over your children, pray over your children, pray over each other. And uh, as I pray right now, I pray for uh, the body of Christ that's home. We had a lot of people watching online today. They weren't here physically, but they were here. Amen. Praise God. So, Father, this moment we thank you for your kindness, your love, and tender mercies. Thank you, my Father, for being here with us. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence in our lives, for your presence in our spirit, man, for your presence in the work of our hands, in our relationships, my God. Thank you for being with us, for never leaving us nor forsaking us. We pray your healing anointing, Lord God, upon those that are home, that are convalescing, that are strengthening, that are getting ready to return. But I pray your presence upon their bodies, your anointing, the children's bread, Heavenly Father. Let the children's bread be manifest over their bodies right now. Your healing anointing. God's healing anointing come upon each and every one, Lord God, of those that have been touched in their bodies. But I thank you, Father. You said, Lord God, that you sent your word and you healed us of all our diseases. You said we will lay hands on each other and they shall recover. So, Father, I thank you for that. Thank you that your people recover. We give you the glory, Father. We give you the praise. Hallelujah. Father, we receive your word. We thank you that you are our sure, steady anchor in the midst of storms, in the midst of difficulties, trials, and tribulations. Thank you, Father. 
that you are our sure rock. And we praise you, my God. Now, Father, as we get ready to dismiss from this place, I thank you that your angels go with us. They encamp around about us and guard us and keep us in all our ways. Thank you, Father, that your presence never leaves us. We dismiss from this place, but not from your presence. In the name that is above all names, the name of our Lord of Lords, King of Kings, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you all. Remember, you are blessed and you are highly favored. So go be that blessing that God has called you.